Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Today, we have a six-game slate in the NBA on Thursday, January 30th, recording this around 6 a.m. East Coast time. I hope you all had a fantastic Wednesday. Moving into your Thursday now, getting closer to the weekend. We're going to break down this slate, but before we do, I just want to introduce myself to anybody that might be new here on the audio version of this show or here as I wave to you on YouTube. How are you doing? Hopefully, like I said, you had a great Wednesday. Hope for the best today on Thursday as well. PGA starting up. I have some videos out on that, not only here on YouTube for free, but also on Patreon if you want some more in-depth analysis and research for that. You can check out my Patreon and all I have to offer over there, linked up down below. Lots going on there on a daily basis, NBA projections, as well as interest pools updated all the way up and through lock and throughout lock. Um, So thank you for being here. You can check out my social medias linked up down below as well. And with that, all I ask for you to do is if you enjoy this content or you've been watching it, I think it's like 50% of people who have watched over the last 30 days are are subscribed, which is fantastic. Hello to all of you. But if you're not subscribed and you're part of that 50%, please, I urge you, take that extra second or two to hit that red button. It costs nothing for you. It's just a way to show appreciation for my content and it allows me to help grow this content it is by far the biggest thing when it comes to just youtube and and, in these podcasting platforms is just the extra couple of seconds of hitting the subscribe button really does go a long way as an independent content creator so appreciate you if you're able to do that for me in this one let's get into the injury dashboard for atlanta deandre bemery hasn't really been much in the rotation as of late since jeff t got there cam reddish coming off of a 30 minute game bemery's going to be doubtful with a ham expect reddish to see more run there teague's minutes to stabilize alex len is out yet again his hip injury going to help John Collins minutes at the five which if John Collins is sliding to the five helps guys like DeAndre Hunter pick up more minutes at the four and then Damian Jones as well Bruno Fernando the other center the two of the three uh, when you factor in Damian Jones and four if you want to factor in John Collins as a center he's doubtful as well Fernando with a calf same players impacted Collins Jones and Hunter there Boston you're going to have Ennis Cantor out again now I believe a third straight game Daniel Tyson Grant Williams will benefit Jason Tatum is questionable with a groin today. One of the bigger pieces of news today against Golden State, as Tatum is at 7,600. If he was to miss, it's the same group of guys. The main four here would benefit. Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward. Uh, Jalen Brown's price up $1,000 plus now. Hayward's now around that mid-7K range. Uh, Kemba probably the most favorably priced in this matchup if Tatum was to miss. Paul George is back for the Clippers today with a hamstring injury, going to affect Kawhi Leonard, who's priced up to some of the highest prices we've seen him all season. His point-per-minute production should come down with Paul George on the court. Lou Williams, Montrezl Harrell, uh, Landry Shamit, all these players are now uh, now not going to be as... Montrez Harrell, Montrez Harrell it is, are not going to be as productive, not going to get the same amount of minutes. Pat Beverly is also going to be back with a groin injury, going to affect Shamit Williams as well. Uh, and then lastly for the Clippers, Derek Walton Jr. is questionable with an elbow. He hasn't been in the rotation as of late, so not a major news for any DFS purposes. For Philly, Mike Scott's questionable with a knee, will affect James Ennis, uh, Furkan Korkmaz, uh, and then you have Al Horford, also questionable. This is going to affect, at this point, I didn't see the injury designation, but going to affect Pele, Mike Scott, um, if he was to suit up, James Ennis, uh, potentially it'll end up uh, affecting some other players as well. If you have Tobias Harris moving to the four, he'll be affected, things of that nature. 
For Sacramento, Marvin Bagley's out yet again with a foot injury. Bielitsa will get all of his minutes still at the four. Dwayne Dedman, they're on a back-to-back tonight. Dedman's minutes have been a little bit shaky, but he should benefit as well, continuing to start at the five. For Toronto, no Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Norman Powell, OJ Anobi should continue to get a nice run here. I'd imagine they both play around 30 minutes or so. Marcus Gasol out with a hamstring is going to help $7,100 there. Jabaka start at center and pick up probably mid-30s in minutes. Pascal Siakam and then Chris Bouchard should enter the lineup as well and pick up those Marcus Gasol minutes, maybe somewhere around 15, 16, up to 20 plus. Pat Beverly, last player for Toronto. Questionable with the nose today. If he's out, it doesn't really matter too much. It helps OJ and Anobi's minutes stabilize and Norman Powell's. Malcolm Miller might pick up some run. Brichette might pick up some run as well. And lastly, in Washington, the final piece of injury news as I record this in the morning for you to prep your day with is Jordan McRae out yet again. Second straight game with an ankle injury. Isaiah Thomas, uh, Ish Smith, Troy Brown Jr., all these players will benefit from more run. Gary Payton to an extent as well. Let's get into the target offense sheet. We're still waiting on two of these games totals, Boston and Golden State, and the Clippers in Sacramento waiting on those team totals and game totals right now. Currently, as my alarm goes off, the the four games that we do have, the highest total is going to be Atlanta and Philly. Philly with a 117.75 team implied total, 7.5 point favorites over Atlanta that come in with a 110.25 team implied total. Uh, This game right now is projected also to be the highest and fastest paced game on the docket. It's just a good spot for a lot of these Philly players. You have Joel Embiid at a very cheap price tag. Now, maybe the minutes continue to be somewhat shaky, below 30 or so since returning from injury, but he's cheap. You have Ben Simmons now down to the 8K range where he's still playing big minutes and a fantastic matchup against this Trey Young defense of Atlanta against guards. That feels nice. Uh, down to 7K flat is Tobias Harris, where if indeed Al Horford is out, potentially more rebounding upside for Harris. The issue for Harris, though, when he moves to the four is um, the rebounding upside potential goes up compared to the three, but not as highly as you would think due to Joel Embiid playing next to him. That's why Al Horford is really struggling this season. And then the opportunity for three-point attempts goes down and also assist rates go down when you're playing at the four compared to the three. So it might actually not be as beneficial. You might be hoping that Mike Scott plays and starts at the four, something like that. But all these Philly guys are standing out to me you're going to see in a second that they are on my early interests the Atlanta side Trey Young is at a price point where I can go without it it doesn't seem like you need to pay up for it if you ended up getting there I'm pretty neutral to it if anything I'd lean not to get there um and then the rest of this Atlanta team the centers John Collins I imagine picks gets to start at the five again with his injuries to Fernando and Len that doesn't seem great against Embiid and potentially Horford down there none of these other guys stand out Cam Reddish just played 30 plus minutes if you want to spend the money on him again and try and shoot for that 130 fantasy point performance that he does a month pretty much you can go for it but I'll probably avoid it Atlanta's pretty much Trey Young for me at this point or nothing Kevin Hoarder is not the worst option still playing big minutes and I'm approaching being like a 0.9 or so fantasy point per minute producer. But most of my interest is going to come from the Philly side here. Second highest game total is going to be Washington and Charlotte, where you have right now Washington is three and a half point favorites with a 115.5 team implied total. And Charlotte comes in with a 112 team implied total. I believe these are proper. Yep, these are all proper. So three and a half point favorites for the, pretty much a virtual tie for the highest total. This is a pretty interesting spot. I mean, you have Charlotte who's playing better defense as late, but they played a extremely slow pace, slowest pace on this slate, one of the slowest in the entire league. And you have Washington who plays at the fastest pace, but this game is going to be a huge pace down spot for Washington, going to lose around four possessions here. Charlotte's going to gain around three possessions here when you factor in the league average. 
and it's a situation where Washington's defense is not great. Charlotte is okay. You're factoring in the somewhat of a pace-up spot for Charlotte. It looks good for Devontae Graham, whose price is up to 7,700. Terry Rozier coming off of the bigger game where Graham did play his minutes, but didn't shoot as much. He's 7,300 as well. That doesn't seem as great. Miles Bridges seems like okay value on a slate like this. You have a priced-up Cody Zeller in a spot at 5K where I really don't feel the need to get to him there. P.J. Washington seems like a very meh option. So from Charlotte, I'm liking Devontae Graham the most. I'm probably going to shy away from Terry Rozier at that price point. P.J. Washington and Miles Bridges, if I got to some of them, it's okay, but it's nothing major. Washington side looks nice. Bradley Beal, I don't know if he made the early interest, but at his price point in this spot, the only reason that I don't love it as much is he's priced to the highest that we've seen him in a while. Now he's playing his normal minutes, but tougher defensive matchup for him, and it's also a, a pace down spot. Um, so it's not really a situation that I feel the need to, or, or slightly easier as it has been over the last 30 days defensive matchup, I guess you can say. Um, but it's also a situation where it's a extreme pace down spot. So Beal would be the main piece from Washington I would want. No Jordan McRae opens up the value of Isaiah Thomas still, whether he's going to play 18 to 22 to 24 minutes, a point per minute producer or so in that 4K range right at 4K couple of guys down there that we'll talk about on the slate, but he stands out. Ish Smith stands out as another guy who stabilizes his minutes at 25-plus with no Jordan McRae out there. So a lot of the guards are standing out here. So I should point out that Thomas Bryant played 30-plus minutes in the last game, started at the four, picked up a ton of minutes. I don't know how often we get that, and he's priced up now. So it's a situation where if Bryant was to get 30-plus minutes, I love him here against Charlotte, one of the bottom 10 teams in points of the paint and rebounding rates allowed to opponents. I would love it, but if he's going to go back to maybe not all the way down to 18, but 22 to 24 with the price increase to him, it's not as nice. So those are the two or higher total games. I'll mention the other two games right now. Cleveland and Toronto, 220.5 team total or game total, 10.5 point favorites for Toronto. They come in with a 115.5 point spread. That is currently the third highest on the slate. Again, we do not have the Boston and, um, Boston and Golden State spread right now or game and the Clippers and San Antonio uh, game totals. And then lastly, Denver and Utah, the lowest total on the slate at 215.5. Denver comes in 1.5 point favorites with a, with a 108.5 team implied total. Utah with a 107 implied team total. Uh, Denver has not been as great on defense as of late, so not the actual defensive clash that you would expect. Utah was much worse to start the year, much better now. This game is projected to be the slowest paced game on the slate, by far the most unappealing game on the slate. I'm assuming, I've not gotten injury updates, but I'm assuming that we're still without, well, one, we are without Mason Plumlee. They said it will be a few weeks. Assuming with the no uh, timeline on Jamal Murray and Paul Millsap that we're without both of them yet again, which helps guys like Jokic be a 1.4 fantasy point per minute producer. He's priced for that now, though. Um, guys like Will Barton would be somebody on Denver that'd be fine taking a shot on against Utah. It's still a tough matchup, but Barton the guy who his price out of all these guys is coming down because he's been playing very average as of late but you're buying him at a low point at 6,000 he's probably the piece of Denver that stands out the most to me and on the Utah side you have price down for the matchup but I don't think it should be this price down Donovan Mitchell at 7,200 approaching 8k is Rudy Gobert who's been fantastic over the past 30 days those two guys stand out a lot Bojan Bogdanovic is somebody I always end up getting to had a hot start yesterday then cooled off a little bit that's about it from that game let's get into some of these early interests now so usually trying to list 20 players on a six-game slate, I'll end up having maybe closer to uh, 35, maybe closer to 45, 50 players in a player pool. All that can be found right now on Patreon if you're interested and my projections for every single player. Updated based on injury news and status changes up and throughout lock. Linked up above, a pop-up will come out. It'll say my NBA projections. You can click that, check it out if you're interested. And if you're still watching to this point, I'm currently running a giveaway. If you go to Twitter 
at salvage or dfs you follow me there a 25 dollars giveaway that i will announce i'll be doing this for the next today thursday and saturday next three days up until the super bowl um one person and not a lot of people have done it yet but one person will be granted 25 dollars. i'll reach out to them via twitter dms or i'll add them on twitter and pretty much all you have to do is like my pin tweet like my pin tweet um it's a free roll pretty much and then that's one entry and if you retweet it that's two more entries so you can get up to three entries there a little incentive to actually retweet i know people don't like doing that but a 25 dollars giveaway if you're interested i'll link it up down below the link to that pinned tweet but you could also just go and follow me at salvage you must be following me so it helps me build a social following there but also an incentive to do so with the giveaway so 25 dollars giveaway to like and retweet my pinned tweet liking it is one uh credit to the giveaway retweeting it is two that said appreciate it check out patreon if you like hit the subscribe button while you're still here let's get into these early interests joel Embiid at 9300 is just too cheap um if i project him for 30 minutes maybe that's a little bit high but with this team total right now at 117.75 fastest pace game highest team total in a matchup against what is either going to be john collins not a defensive struggle for him or or uh damian jones and i really do think it's going to be collins because damian jones might foul out of this game in three minutes uh, rudy gobert at 8100 against denver not one of the most flashy plays on the slate i will say that especially with some of the guys i'm about to mention that are only a few hundred dollars difference from him i would prefer him beat at the center position but if for some reason you're floating with 8100 8 or 8200 8300 left at the center position and you don't want to pay down gobert seems like a fine option um the point per minute production has been absolutely fantastic over the last month approaching 1.4 this is the issue though i would rather play d'angelo russell even in a tough matchup against boston we've seen him really thriving in tough matchups as of late the guy's just going to have control close to a 30 plus percent usage rate 30 percent assist rate every single game he's going to take 20 plus shots in this offense i um, and he's going to be out there now not for 30 or 32 minutes or 28 minutes he's been out there for 34 35 minutes as of late Kemba Walker, I like him either way, but if Tatum is out, I'm going to actually prioritize him, um, get to him as much, at, as much if not more than Russell, more than Gobert at 7,900, hard to ignore him. Kyle Lowry getting his minutes back right now. You saw a stretch of about a week and a half or so, four games of Fred Van Vliet taking more shots, playing more minutes, and just playing better overall. That started to shift over the last two games, and I imagine it continues to do that. Now you get the mecca of all matchups against this uh, Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, as long as Garland's in in this game, missed the last one backcourt of uh, Cleveland here. So I do like that. 7,500 is a fair price point. This range of, let's call it 72 to 8,000 for these four guards, Russell, Kemba, Lowry, and now Donovan Mitchell, who I'm discussing at 7,200, is a very favorable range. I like all the guys. It might actually come down to ownership for me. If you see Mitchell as the highest owned guy and Lowry's not picking a penny, I'll just easily move down to Lowry. I haven't done my full projections yet. They will be out in just a couple of hours, but I'm just expecting based on where their price points are and based on where people are going to gravitate, you might see more ownership on Mitchell, even in a matchup against Denver, who historically has been more difficult with this Gary Payton, um, not Gary Payton, Gary Harris and Jamal Murray defense, but now there's no Murray there and it's not been the same defense this season. Um, so Mitchell, I do like at 7,200. These, this next range is guys that they stand out to me, but nothing of just priority, I guess you can say. Um, Kevin Love, Serge Ibaka, and Tobias Harris. This could change as I go through my projections later today. Um, But uh, Kevin Love, if he's going to play his normal minutes, if this game stays close, which it's projected for a 10.5 point spread, so it probably doesn't, but at 34, 35 minutes, you would get out of him. No Marcus Gasol makes that matchup a little bit easier for the bigs down low and love Thompson, Nance, Serge Ibaka at 7,100, no Marcus Gasol. So you're getting a $7,100 Serge Ibaka. He's probably already priced for what the role is going to be, 32, 34, 35 minutes. So he's one of the least interesting guys on this list for me, but he's at least interesting because he's in a fine matchup against Cleveland and now he's starting at center for an extended period of time. 
on a short slate, six games. Tobias Harris at 7,000, price decrease against Atlanta. Actually want him to stay at the three. Like I said, more three-pointer attempts, uh, more assist percentages. The rebounding rate would be the only thing to potentially go up standing next to him, B, but that might not even go up all that much. Um, Bialica, Manji Bialica without Marvin Bagley has been absolutely dominating with all of his minutes at the four. 6,500 is a very fair price point for him in a matchup against the Clippers. Actually like Bialica a lot. I like this range right here now of like the 5K to the 6K range of my interest so far. Bielitsa starting with it. Will Barton, if people want to look at the last four or five games he's played and just go, oh, he's been terrible, especially based on his price points. Yeah, they're absolutely right. Now he's priced all the way down to 6K for a guy who, for the most part of the season, has been very strong. You still don't have Jamal Murray. You probably don't have Paul Millsap. You definitely don't have Mason Plumley. It's a spot where I'm fine buying low on Will Barton here, a guy who for this most part of the season was a 1.1 fantasy point per minute producer he's going to have his 36 to 38 minute games if these games stay close matchup against utah is not great i understand all this but at six thousand dollars will barton is a guy especially if Jokic has any sort of trouble with gobert which i don't imagine because he's not a post-up center as much as he can move around the entire court then i think barton benefits more Bojan Bogdanovic at the same price as Barton. It would be an ownership thing at this point. They're going to project out very similar for me. I'd probably take Barton because I just imagine his ownership is lower, but they're both very similar options for me playing the same position and playing each other at this point. Draymond Green at 5,900 has been playing more minutes as of late. Tougher matchup against Boston today. If you told me he's going to play 32 minutes, 5,900 is too cheap. But if he goes back down to 26, 27 today, like this artificial 27 minute cap they put on him two months ago, then I'm just sitting dead in the water. So uh, Draymond is okay for me. It's just a risk because of the minutes. I'll probably project him for 28, maybe 30. If I give him 30, he'll look really good. Larry Nance has been closing three out of the last four games over Tristan Thompson. And man, that last game was frustrating because Nance goes for 45 plus. Thompson's sitting there with 15 fantasy points. Nance ends up playing three more minutes than Thompson. It's going to be a situation where I'll probably project Nance for 24, but just knowing GPPs that his projection at 24 for 5,600 isn't going to look that great. But if he's closing and he consistently closes, you can project him for 26 to 28 and feel really confident about that. So it's up to you how you want to kind of hash that one out. Nance looks like an okay GPP option. I would prefer Barton and probably Draymond over him. Pat Beverly's back at 4,900 against Sacramento today. Looks okay. Nothing crazy for it. We'll see if there's any coming from the groin injury, I believe. We'll see if there's any type of limitations on his minutes. Ish Smith at 4,600 against Charlotte looks completely fine. Big pace down spot is the issue, but no Jordan McRae means there's an upside for 28 minutes out of Ish Smith today. I'll probably project him for 26. Marquise Chris. Played 30-plus minutes in the last game. Now he gets a matchup against Boston and Daniel Tice. I like this spot for him. Some spots he'll he'll be at the four for some time. Um, But I do like the spot. Look, it's early in the day. It's value that stands out for a cheap price tag. And he's a guy who's over a fantasy point per minute producer. Mike Conley, 4,200. I don't want to say much about it. I'll put it on here because... It makes sense if he's going to play 25 plus minutes or maybe even 28. He's on a back-to-back, so check that. It might hurt his minutes upside. The Denver matchup, I think, is fine. Conley at 4,200, though. You saw him be very chalky yesterday. He's the type of talk that I'm completely fine getting away from in a very heavy way. So if it happens again, just go away from it. If he's not on, well, then you can get some. Isaiah Thomas at 4,100. Same analysis pretty much as no, uh, as is Smith. No Jordan McRae. You're going to get Thomas as a fantasy point per minute producer in the low 4K range. But the guy I'm more interested in is Kevin Porter Jr. at $4,000 slot. Now, the matchup against Toronto, I admit, it is brutal. It is not a great matchup, especially if OG Ananobi is going to play more a very good defender for Toronto and probably see a good amount of Kevin Porter in that spot on the floor, around the three, the two, right around there. And OG would play more today because there is no potentially no Patrick McCall. But also the bigger news is that there's no Rondé Hollis Jefferson. So 
Kevin Porter, though, he's still too cheap at 4,000. He had his minutes limit in the last game. It was pretty much lifted. You saw him play around 30 minutes. If I project him even for 28 minutes here at 4,000, he's going to look very good as a guy who plays about a 0.8 fantasy point per minute um, production role in this offense. And they've been very open to giving him more run than Chetty Osman, giving a ton of run to the other younger guys, second-year player in, in Sexton playing about 35 minutes a game now, Garland, rookie, playing about 35 minutes a game. They want Porter Jr. as well, young guy to get up there at the three and play a lot of run as well. So I would project Porter Jr. for 28 to 30 minutes in this one. And it would look pretty good in my opinion. So that's where I'm at. That's just 20 inches of mine. There's going to be like another 20 or 25 on Patreon. Some of these can become no's for me. They can leave my interest. Some more guys will go in there. So you can check that out throughout the day if you are interested. And be sure to check out the uh, currently running over on my Twitter, I'll put the link down below in the description, but you can just go to Salvetri DFS Twitter, my pinned comment right at the top. If you like it, it counts as one entry. If you retweet it, it counts as two more. So up to three entries into a $25 giveaway that will be announced once the Super Bowl locks. So about three days from now. So be sure to check that out and my Patreon content over, over there as well. Thank you so much for tuning into this one. You guys all rock. My name's Sal. You already know that. Have a great Thursday. Win something here today. I'll be on live before lock, I believe, tonight on Awesome at 6 p.m. Eastern time. If you want to check me out there with Chris Bags, that would be a ton of fun. So peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you can please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.